Welcome to episode two of season two of Polyphony. Hi, I am Rachel, and we have with us today a number of amazing guests to talk about new school year kickoff strategy. We have Evan Bean from the Penn Pensions. We have Emily Pulford from King's College London Rolling Tones, Arin Martinez from UCLA Pitch Please, and John Bologna from the University of Buffalo Buffalo Chips. And here is our esteemed host, Erin. Uh, thank you, Rachel. I will try to live up to the billing. So let's, uh, Arin, maybe I'll start with you. Talk to us about, kind of set the stage for us about the last year. So kind of coming into this year, what was the 2020-2021 school year like? So we can kind of know where you've been and then we can talk about where you're going. Yeah, so it's definitely been an experience for one, for the 20 to 21 school year, we knew that we wanted to compete in ICCA and ICCA announced that they were going to be virtual. So we were like, oh, okay, you know, how are we going to get a set together that's completely virtual? And one of the things that definitely changed was they announced that they wanted a four minute set, I think. But by the time they announced that, we already wrote like a 12 minute set. <laughs> so, <laughs> so by that time, we were like, you know what? That's fine. We have music and we can cut it this down and we can pick one song that we really like and spend the time figuring out how we're going to virtually record it and then everything else all of our other music we can maybe use that experience and then record it later and then maybe release something and so that's what we're working on actually all of the remaining songs of the set oh that's cool and so last year did you meet in person or what was your process yeah, so we actually didn't. Everything we've done was completely online. We had weekly Zoom rehearsals slash meetings that were like kind of announcements for the full group. But then we had more music oriented sectionals. And that was for each of the sections to like really clarify music notes with each other. And then when it came to like actual recording for like ICCA or any of those other songs, it was like record separately, send it to I'm the music director. So send it to me and then I review it. And then if it's all good, send it to the person who's responsible for mixing so got it got it okay so john turning to you uh, sort of moving across the country give us the backstory for you as well what did last year look like for you on campus or off campus as the case may be well last year on campus i mean things ended pretty grimly we had actually just had <laughs> we had our 25th anniversary concert just about a week and a half i think before school started shutting down so we wow. had like, all of the older generations of chips that were like I think 80, 90 people there, this massive wow. celebration, all of a sudden the world turns off. Right. So we were pretty discouraged, especially since we were going to be competing in ICCA semifinals. So we all kind of decided as a collective that for the coming year, as soon as we found out, same deal, that the, that the tournament was going to be virtual this time, we immediately stepped up and we were like, we have basically business <laughs> after last year that we need to catch up on. We kind of just kicked it into high gear. Obviously, we weren't really communicating that much with other groups. So we didn't know if groups were just posting one video over and over again, or if they were doing different videos. Our initial plan was to do three. We So from February to March, we did our quarterfinals video. As soon as we finished that, before quarterfinals even aired, we were recording our potential semifinal submission. Wow. And then we were going to do the same thing with our final submission. But we kind of just got a little sidetracked with the year coming down. And either way, we were planning on just posting them to YouTube just as a celebration of like what we were able to get done. Because I had 
one chip at a time kind of shuffling into a makeshift recording booth in my closet. And then we had to like schedule days where we're on campus just filming for the music video. We had like green screens. We tried to make as much advantage of the virtual format as we really could. And were you during the year last year uh, getting together in person other than in your closet at all? Or was it like Arin was saying <laughs> sort of virtual? No, yeah, we, we did get, we were fortunate enough to have in-person rehearsals twice a week. Okay. Obviously there were heavy, heavy restrictions on what we could do. So like masks were worn. We had to kind of spread very far out across the room and like inheriting new guys into the group while all this is the, uh, stuff is going on. It, it was difficult, but once we got into our rhythm, I feel like we really got moving. That's great. Emily, across the pond, the UK has gone through a, a very different kind of evolution along this process than in the States. And I wonder how that's affected where you were last year. What's what's King's College been doing? Yeah, so basically we stopped doing rehearsals. We weren't allowed to do rehearsals in person from about March 2020. And we were then unable to use any king's rooms or anything like that until oh. that september and even then we were only allowed six people in a room at once and there's 12 of us so right. <laughs> uh, it was still uh, difficult and that was only for about a month before we went back into lockdown again so really we just weren't able to rehearse in person at all until about july this year yeah so it's been quite a journey really so as well we have a lot of international people in our group so a lot of them were like all over the world <laughs> so we had to deal with time zones and things like that as well so what we ended up doing was we'd rehearse so before the first lockdown happened we were planning on recording an album and it would have been our debut album and it, we wanted it to be really great and then we got scattered across the world so what we ended up doing is we put that on hold for to see what would happen because we wanted to have everyone to have like a good recording set up and things like that and that's something we couldn't do at the time so we basically pushed that and instead we did sectional rehearsals and it actually worked really well for the format because each person was singing on Zoom, we were doing it, and each person was singing their line by themselves so we could really hone in on all those things that you would do on an album. So it quite worked out and we're recording that at the moment. We actually have our second recording session tomorrow. That's <laughs> so exciting. That's super exciting. Yeah. It's like a year in the making now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So are you, the international folks, are they able to get back into the UK now? I mean, are you sort of reassembled as a group? Mm -hmm. We were uh, lucky about that because we had pretty much everyone except from our American friends. Um, they were the last to come back. And so Marissa, who um, is our American member, she only came back, I think it was last week. So that's why we've made the recording session so like late in the year because we have auditions in the next two weeks sort of thing so we've been really like holding off as long as possible to make sure everyone could get back but we've been quite lucky in that respect because people have been able to get back even if it is like with two weeks of quarantine and all that sort of stuff <laughs> right right by the skin of their teeth one way or the other it sounds like evan how about for you what was your year like last year at penn and how did that go down Sure. Well, I'll start by saying the fall was a very different world than the spring for uh, the pensions and a lot of acapella groups here in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania as a whole, primarily because in the fall, most universities hadn't let students back on campus yet. So we were fully operating wow. at home. We were still using condenser microphones that the group had purchased for all of its members. And as such, the audio quality was a bit lackluster. But we were still trying to produce as many videos as primarily because part of the group's culture is that 
every year every returning member of the group gets a solo. So we were trying to keep uh, that tradition going throughout the pandemic. And we were pretty successful. We ended up in the fall getting out, I believe, oh, goodness, you can <laughs> fact check me later, but I believe seven or eight videos in the fall. Wow. And then in the spring, we uh, we ended up getting 10 videos because uh, once we came into the spring, we uh, had everyone on campus. We were able to purchase some nit- uh, nicer microphones, some proper studio level microphones and have kind of like what John said before, closet recording studios. And right. that worked really well. We ended up releasing a lot of those videos over the summer. We were able to have a few uh in-person rehearsals here and there. Luckily, by the end of the spring, the university started offering more accommodations for performers. So we, I think it was as early as March, we started having these outdoor rehearsals in a parking garage. And uh, it, was, it was the like largest open Burr. space that they could... Yes, exactly. Burr is right. Yeah, it was freezing. Yeah. Uh, most of my guys would uh, attest to that. They were not pleased in March, but they started having fun by April and May. You know, we really used those rehearsals as getting a lot of our more traditional songs, like whatever the alumni songs are, had those memorized and trying to transfer the knowledge to the younger generations at that point, while a lot of the stuff that we did at home was just cranking out more content. Did all of the sort of here, there, on campus, off campus, all that affect the recruiting processes for the group? Because a whole year of COVID would make it hard, I would think, to do some of that. Did the size of the group change? It did change. We lost five members, actually, towards the end of the year. And we were only 15 before that. So if you're doing the math, we lost a third of the group. However, we have a really, really terrific marketing team. And we decided early on when we were getting these uh, videos done, we also had this really great audio. And we had some extra audio that we weren't going to be putting behind video. So we decided, uh, why not release an album the day before open auditions start? (laughs) So we... (laughs) We did that. We released an album that's on Spotify and all the services now called Are We There Yet? It was a really great set of songs. And then we were promoting on campus. You know, we had a full activities fair this past year, I guess a couple weeks ago now. And we just went really hard and we got uh, six really, really talented gentlemen. All of them. I love them. We just introduced them to the group on Friday, actually, Friday of last week. And we're doing some costume shopping with them this weekend. So really terrific guys. Recruitment went just smoothly for us. When growing your group by a third, all at the same time with new people, how do you onboard and acculturate a third of your group? I mean, that's a, a lot of people to, to get to bring in the fold all at once, it seems like. With a lot of help from some great alumni. Oh. We are fortunate that we have a lot of alumni living in the Philadelphia area near us. So they were very willing to help talk to some of the guys once they got initiated into the group, help them with the culture. We actually have a tradition in the group where as part of a member's initiation, they will uh, reach out to one of our older alumni and ask them about their experience in the group. Questions like, you know, what was your favorite story from the group? We, for the second act of our show, we wear costumes. So what costume did you wear on stage? Stuff like that. That's helped a lot. And then a lot of it's going to come down to the next weeks because I would say they're not really initiated all the way yet. And it's going to be something right. we'll have to touch back on soon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Arin, how about for you? What were the pitch please numbers like last year? Because I imagine the same issues around recruiting and, and growth or not growth, as the case may be. Yeah. So, well, first off, we, like I said, we were completely operating virtually. So nobody right. was here. We weren't doing anything in person. And yeah, I think we were lucky enough. Like we held virtual auditions last okay. fall. We got a bunch of new members and they were all very, very passionate and ready to take on like the challenge of like doing everything at home. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> and then huh. 
sort of towards the like end of the year, like after ICCA and kind of just like things are kind of settling down and we're like, let's talk about all of those other songs that we have that we need to probably record sometime. Then some people are, there were a lot of like people who had like family issues or people who were like graduating soon. We were going to lose people soon. And it was trying to work around all of that happening. We kind of lost, I don't know, maybe like five active members. But the thing is, I think we had enough people on each part so that we could survive <laughs> with right. the remaining people to sing everything else and like we had to have like other people cover for another voice part and stuff like that but it's just a lot of coordination and a lot of communication and I'm glad that we got through it and so like I said I think right now we're in the process of just recording for all of that stuff we're planning on releasing an album sometime soon right now we have a single out just to keep our audience happy and it's on Spotify and all of those streaming platforms but yeah and it wasn't it wasn't easy because uh, a lot of us were some of us had mics which was like good and some people just had to record out of their phone with like a mic cover on it which is like a budget way but I'm glad we have somebody in our group that was willing to take all of the audios and really mix it and make it sound really good so yeah for sure were there kind of parts of the virtual audition experience that you learned from I mean how is it different other than obviously not being in person because I get that uh, than a traditional in-person audition process in terms of the process yes. and the result. one thing you can't really interact with them as much I feel like there's when it comes to audition season there's like a whole spirit of flyering and getting to know other people and then maybe like just talking to them chatting before and after their audition you know all that good stuff but when it's virtual it's like we have an info session if you want to show up on zoom we have virtual audition is like sending a video of yourself and it's like we'll have to look at it on our own time and you will never interact with a real person <laughs> until like callbacks and um but that was okay for our for our callbacks we had them perform their callback solo live and they also got a chance to like really talk with us and that was when we really had to sell our personality like hey we're a cool group come join us and one thing i think that really helped with really connecting with our like callback attendees was our beatboxer kind of put up a special like loop station performance at the very very end so it's a little treat this is who we are nice. as a group you should like we're cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's a great a great idea emily how do you get and keep people when you're barred from campus how does that work yeah we were actually quite fortunate so what we ended up doing is we only lost three people from 2020 to 20 uh, 2019 the people we so we actually only ended up getting two newbies and two uh, returning members so that was surprisingly helpful <laughs> but so what we ended up doing was kings hosted a welcome fair but online so we made a video for that and basically we did all of our auditions like people sent in videos and we listened to them and then had a zoom call with them it, a lot more awkward than normal auditions right. are that's a pretty high some... bar because auditions are usually pretty awkward to begin with so that's impressive <laughs> definitely at least normally you have our smiling faces on the other side but this time it was just straight to a camera i've done a couple of auditions myself online it's just the worst thing that i've yeah, ever done because yeah. you just overthink it massively right. but we were very lucky with our newbies they were have incredible voices and that came across over the over recording through a phone so that was good do you feel like uh, having gone through an online gauntlet to audition and go through the process, are they a little more battle tested or have a little more stamina, do you think, than going through an in-person audition process? I mean, it seems like you, you almost have to want it more to stick through it. 
Definitely. I think because there's so much second guessing of yourself that you can do when you're just by yourself recording because you have unlimited time to prepare. So you like you have no excuse essentially in your head. Whereas if you're doing a live audition, it's over and done with. You've done it once. You don't have a chance to do it again. So I definitely think take my hats off to everyone who uh, auditioned and everyone was great. So it was it was really difficult. And just getting through that process is just so I would much rather take an in-person audition every day over a video audition. Yes. If even just so that you're not marinating in it for such a long time, I think. John, how about for you? Did you lose people? Were you able to gain additional sort of new members of the chips this last year? Or how did that go for you? Yeah, it's, it's been... A bit of a flip-flop <laughs> from, yeah. from all ends because it would seem like, well, we, we usually just hold fall auditions every okay. year because we try to keep the number same throughout. But we lost, I think, there were three people that were in the group, but when COVID really started to go down, they decided to take a step back. I believe at that point we were operating with a group of 13 in the fall and yeah that actually did carry over into the spring as well and that was once we actually took in four new guys okay so yeah our numbers were were looking very very different especially because we had a very large graduating class of 2020 Mm -hmm. so so this year this fall specifically we kind of came into auditions like it's not time to play like we really, really, really need people. So we really sort of like Evan was talking about with like UB's welcome week coming around. We planned a ton of events. We like chalked around campus. We we even did like a little, we booked time in our in one of our lecture halls and did like a welcome presentation for incoming freshmen. And we pulled the largest audition pool that the group has seen in a very long time. Wow. So that was very cool. And we had the pleasure of bringing in five amazing new guys uh, just this past week. So we kind of warned them coming in, like we compete, we are very proud of what we do, but we want to make sure that like, we're all having a good time. So, you know, get get ready for the storm. It's it's going to be crazy (laughs) from here. So they've been learning music the past two weeks. We have rehearsal again tonight and Thursday, and their first show is this Saturday. We're doing um, an wow. Alzheimer's walk. So we're kind of prepping them for not only just their first acapella performance, but like our first acapella performance right. in almost two yeah. years. So it's definitely been a whirlwind trying to get everyone like acclimated and making sure and just that the group can basically stand up. But now... We're standing strong at 18 people. Everyone is really, really in it to win it. We've already got our potential fall concert planned for November. We'll also be having an EP coming out, which I can probably announce at this point. So that'll be coming out this winter. We're basically just gearing up to get ourselves back into the community and say, like, yeah, yeah, we're back. Yeah, yeah. Uh Well, if you've been standing up, you can take a little bit of a break, take a seat, because we're going to be taking a little break. So we'll be back in just a little bit with Evan Bean, Emily Pulford, and Arin Martinez, also John Bologna. And we'll be talking more about topics like what the group's goals are for things like performance, videos, and recording, and also working on the group's sound and cohesiveness. So stick with us. We'll be right back. 
Justin Glodish works at the intersection of acapella and education, and where those two worlds meet is a combination of learning and engagement that can hook students into a lifelong love of the arts. Hear Justin talk with some great guests from both worlds every week on the Aka Education podcast, played here Wednesdays at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, and Sundays at 10 p.m. East, 7 p.m. West. Asian Pacific listeners can hear it Thursday at 5 p.m. Tokyo time, and Europeans can catch it Saturdays at 3 p.m. London time. And we're back. We've been speaking with Evan Bean from the Penn Pensions, Emily Pulford from King's College London, Rolling Tones, Erin Martinez from UCLA Pitch Please, John Bologna from the University of Buffalo Buffalo Chips, and here again is Erin. Thanks, Rachel. John, before the break, you were talking about kind of setting a focus for the year and, and making sure people felt a little bit comfortable, but also that they needed to kind of strap in because it was going to be quite a year ahead. Is the balance different coming out of sort of your year of craziness in terms of figuring out how much time to spend on cultural issues and kind of where people are coping with all of this versus, you know, hardcore music and recording and performance and all the normal stuff? I definitely think that the two are honestly more intertwined than people might think, because obviously just like in the times that have come about since COVID really, like since March 2020, we'll say like, there have been a lot of platforms that have been opened up and lots of new things that are being talked about sparks lots of discussions within our group within UB's own little Aka bubble that we have and obviously just across like the world so our eboard does try to put a massive emphasis on mental health because obviously that was a very very big problem for a lot of people during this time myself yeah. included yeah. So we really wanted to put the emphasis on like a, a lot of these people who were leaving for the semester, they just needed a mental break. And it wasn't that like they didn't want to be a part of it, but they just mentally couldn't. And mm -hmm. it's something just as small as just saying, okay, we still love you. Like we're still here for you. But just, you know, sometimes you have to let people do what they need to do. We've even been fortunate enough to have some of those people already come back and they're singing with us every week. That's so, great. It's really great like that. We also actually just very recently held a discussion about changing our group's official designation because we're going off of the CAR awards from earlier this year and some of the categories that they had, but we felt that all male was a bit too restricted because obviously there are just, there are people who do not fall under a certain, right. uh, certain uh, construct there. So we decided to change our designation from all male to lower voices because we really just, more than anything, it's a community. Yeah. And we don't want anybody feeling like they can't be a part of that same community. They don't necessarily identify that way. Like we're still a tenor baritone oriented group, but sure. there are so many people that could fit into that. So we've been finding ways to sort of move ourselves forward not only just like music wise but we want to make sure we're being more conscious of a lot of things because in in the time since covid a lot more of these issues have been raised and we want to make sure that anyone who's coming in could be facing some sort of issue that we don't know about and we want to be just as accepting to them as anybody else yeah for sure 
Arin, how about for you within Pitch Please? Some of your members hadn't even ever seen each other face-to-face, I assume, at some point in that process. Is there an increased focus uh, on care and uh, the non-musical stuff, or is it you're kind of reverting to the balance you had a couple years ago? Yeah, so we actually, well, school hasn't started yet for um, UCLA, Ah, so there are still members who have never seen us (laughs) face-to-face. They're still part of this group. But yeah, we definitely noticed that like with operating virtually it's just that there is a lack of less of the fun side of like the community side of like acapella that a lot of people associate with maybe like hanging out after rehearsal or like other stuff we've tried to incorporate other events that aren't strictly for music or it doesn't sound like all they're doing is just like ah, i'm recording all day and you know just like attending meetings and stuff so one of the things we did is we had instead of like a retreat that we normally do every year we had like a virtual retreat treat where it was just like a couple days of just like fun stuff and getting to know each other and one of our members is actually a very accomplished baker and so she held a cooking class for all of us and we baked bread together so it's just kind of like those like fun like virtual things that you can do to like stay together and actually over the summer some people have started moving back to the area and so we held a hangout for the first time and so some of us got to see each other which was a lot of fun I'm hoping that we can kind of continue the momentum as a school starts, because I know I recently held a meeting with my group to talk about like planning for the school year. And everybody seems very, very excited, especially to come back, really meet each other and like, you know, have fun. Yeah. I mean, I I wonder as you start to think about the planning for this year ahead, are there new ways or additional ways that you're going to keep that additional bonding going. I mean, it seems like you've been very sort of thoughtful and overt about it during the virtual period. And now that you're having people come together in person, are you going to continue to kind of accentuate that in a different way, do you think? Yeah. One thing, we do have an appointed social chair, and she is responsible for making sure that we are still bonding with each other. And we also have already planned our uh, fall retreat, which is going to be like our in-person retreat. So we're actually all planning on going to Santa Barbara together (laughs) just for a weekend. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of more here and there type of stuff that'll come out as soon as we all get to see each other. But those are the two main things that we usually do to stay connected. Yeah, for sure. Evan, how about for you? Again, kind of revisiting this balance between musical goals versus kind of life pieces. Where is that for your group? To be honest with you, because a lot of people join the group and have a lot of aspirations within the group in a musical sense. So us being able to fulfill them for them is helping with a lot of what they lost over the past year. So making ambitious Mm -hmm. plans for this coming year really has been at the forefront of our minds, you know, planning out a music video for the spring, coordinating with other clubs on campus to do a collaboration music video with them, also getting ready to do a concert with our sister group, and, you know, a lot of these normal activities that we're getting back into that's getting people really excited. But at the same time, we are taking a step back to look at the, uh, like, interpersonal kind of atmosphere that we create as a group, making sure that it's healthy for everyone, especially as we take in new, which involves, you know, going to a lot of university workshops, whether it be diversity and inclusion workshops or mental well-being workshops. We do a lot of those. And I really try to make sure my guys can go to as many of those as possible, especially if they're on leadership, because it's so important because, mm-hmm. you know, you can very easily be in a position on leadership where you don't think about how uh, a for freshman sure. is uh, interpreting the group at all. So it's that's been really helpful so far. 
and we're going to continue doing that. And then from a social side of things, the group is a social group first in a lot of ways. So we've we've started doing outdoor mixers with our sister group. We've okay. done a couple of like brunches and such. We've been getting back to the normal stuff, and it's been really really fun so far. That's great. Does it feel like the before times? I mean, did you start to get together in person again? Is it starting? You starting to get some of the same vibe and feels as before? I'm, I'm sure a lot of the guys are. I always like to hedge my bets, and I'm always cautious to say, you know, like, oh, we're definitely going to have an in-person show this semester, and I'm, you know, always working right. on the plan Bs and such. But for a lot of people, I think they are excited to be back and feeling as though it's almost back to normal for them. That's great. Emily, how about for you at King's? Again, a year of people, I think, paying a lot more attention to self-care and a lot more attention to kind of how to make their way through this period that doesn't seem to be ending all that quickly. And so I wonder kind of where you are with the group and, and that balance. So our main focus this year has been well-being and getting everyone through this year in one piece is kind of been our that's been our goal so we did choose like not to compete in the ICCAs and things like that because competitions can be quite stressful and there's no need for extra stress during this time and things like that so what we ended up doing was really focusing on socials and on top of that trying to meet with other groups because what going virtual has allowed us to do is be able to have socials with groups that would cost a bunch of money to have social with beforehand (laughs) so what we ended up doing was we had a social with aquapella which is another group in the uk which was great and then through that so one of the the activities we did there was karaoke and through that we started hosting the uk acapella open mic so yeah, that ended up happening was open to anyone in the UK acapella community. Anyone could come along, bring something prepared, and then everyone who signs up can do their prepared bit. And oh, there was some incredible prepared stuff. It was ridiculous. And then once that was over, it was just a big karaoke slash social event. It was really fun, all the ones that we did. And I've made friends that I would never have really met before or been exposed to other than through like ICCAs. And now they're like really good friends of mine. And it was that's what I really enjoyed that this year and that's something that I think helped a lot of people is just like being able to feel slightly normal because you are meeting new people even though you're stuck indoors all day so (laughs) at least it did for me (laughs) do you feel like as you do get more glimmers of normalcy that that balance will stay changed in some way or do you think it's going to kind of go back to status quo ante kind of the way it was in the before times we so hopefully not (laughs) is the (laughs) is the uh, answer to that what a big thing we're going through next year is tones led tones is how i'd like to say it so i'm going through everyone asking them what they actually want from next year and getting their feedback rather than being like okay i want to do this this and this so we're going to do this this and this so i've gone to everyone and they've all basically gone i want to do as much as possible so okay (laughs) that's good because that's also what i want to do so we're all on the same page (laughs) but yeah so that's sort of how we're bringing the well-being aspect that we cultivated through the last year into next year is really having discussions constantly about everything that's happening and making sure everyone has a voice in the group is feels like they're that not only they can tell us what they're feeling like they're encouraged to that's mm-hmm. the aim yeah and then also we just want to meet as many new groups who we haven't seen as possible so that's another one of our 
So they're the two sort of things that we're going for next year is meeting new groups and really focusing on our group's well-being and culture. Evan was talking about a kind of having a plan B, C and and H associated with almost everything. And I wonder if you're sort of thinking down that path as well, I, you know, with a group that wants to do everything all the time as much as possible 24-7. That's awesome unless the world changes. Right. And so then mm-hmm. what is that part of the thinking? Mm-hmm, definitely. We've um, really been trying to up our social presence recently. So I think if we are not able to do things in person and things like that, then we can go back to really concentrating on making content for our socials. And then also we can continue to have these social media accounts and then virtual socials with other groups to get to know them, which is kind of the other way of doing that. So we're still going to do lots of stuff, but the stuff that we would be doing just online. <laughs> right, right. Is how I'm hoping it'll go. <laughs> <laughs> At least as a backup plan. Uh, you know, hopefully yeah. that will just be the B, the B choice. But Rin, how about for you? I mean, everything from what if Santa Barbara shuts down to what about all the other kinds of things that you're thinking about for the year ahead? Is there a, are you being forced to kind of bake in backup plans? Yeah, so definitely I would say that at the end of the day, we spent a year and a half like completely virtually. The hard stuff stuff we did like March 2020. We figured all of that stuff out then. And so if something horrible happens and we do, let's say we all get kicked off of campus again and we have to be virtual, we can just kind of pull out everything that we've done earlier and then put that and bring that do that again. It's okay. Especially since I feel like from the past, starting from like when we were all virtual, one of the things I did was start writing down everything, how our group runs, how certain positions work, how different things in the group work, like just a bunch of documentation, just in case something happens and we all need to be in person and someone doesn't know how to do something. And so I started doing that for all of our virtual stuff too. So we now have this step-by-step guide on all of our backup plans. So huge. That's huge. Yeah, for sure. John, what about in your neck of the woods? I mean, it seems like you've done a lot of kind of shucking and jiving with changing conditions already over the last year or so. What's the plan moving forward or plans, I should say, moving forward? Yeah, we're very much in the same boat where we just have like a a very long list of folders, plan A through Z. Right now, this is with a little push from me personally, but I'm looking to stay optimistic. I'm just really hoping that everything works out. So we're operating off of what is our ideal plan right now, which is really mostly through the eyes of the school. It's just we do a show at one of our performance halls. We have a fall show. Everything else that we do outside of that is not affiliated with the university most of the time. Mm -hmm. So we still, I mean, there's been local shows that we've been slowly able to make our way back into. We just found out last spring that music videos were never something that we did before and now it's something we never want to stop doing so there's that we've also sort of like emily was mentioning we're also making a very large step to up our social media presence and i'm trying at least the five of us on the e-board are just kind of putting our heads together to figure out what's the best way just to like get people talking now because everything now is through word of mouth obviously you know, you have Spotify accounts and Instagram accounts to speak for yourself. But at the end of the day, that's all that they see. So we're planning on not only just performing around campus, but we also have a ton of community outreach stuff uh, scheduled. 
I know we're planning on doing a car wash, even a yard sale. We're talking about uh, since uh, a bunch of us all live in a house together and we're right in the middle of just like a suburban neighborhood, we're thinking, why don't we throw tents up in our backyard and we could do a haunted house? Just basically stuff to sort of not only help our own mindsets, but help the community start to like move forward and settle into what we all want to say is normal. And kicking it old school with those options. Those are great for sure. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. Evan, John was talking about uh, some of these community integration kinds of things and things beyond the, the campus community. And I wonder if during and or this kind of sort of after but sort of not COVID year, how that affects your plans in that regard. Sure. Well, I've talked to Rachel about this in the past, but at the beginning of the pandemic, we decided to start getting more involved in the Philadelphia community. So we did a charity event with a, a hunger relief organization in Philadelphia called Phil Abundance, where we were partnering nice. with them with our videos that we were releasing. And we ended up raising, I believe, $26,000 for hunger, hunger wow. relief. Yeah, it was a great program. Very successful. But ever since then, you know, we've been trying to branch out and find new ways to you know, engage the Philadelphia community and, and be uh, a force of good in some way. And we realized that those huge like fundraisers are not sustainable because, yeah. I mean, they can be for large organizations, but to be frank with you, we're an all-male identifying acapella group from Penn. It's not like, we you know, we're Pentatonics right. or something like that. <laughs> so instead, what we're trying to do is do workshops this year through the university where we bring in uh, high school, middle, elementary school students from the Philadelphia community, specifically in low-income areas to give them music exposure and training. And that's going to be kicking off at the end of this month, and we're really excited about that. So that's one way that we're trying to branch out beyond the the pen community and then beyond that uh, i think we've always liked to do uh, like go on trips and mix with a university acapella group so we're going to try to do that conditions willing later this uh, semester and yeah it's it's a lot of things in the works right now do you feel like the the workshop strategy and i know it's sort of early in the cycle because they haven't quite happened yet but does that feel more sustainable for you as a group longer term? Yes. I mean, I think we like to continue doing charity events as we are able to and as makes sure. sense, you know, especially as we if we can collaborate with other partners in the area that was very effective for us. I think we only were so successful with our last yeah. one because we were partnering with a huge organization. But the workshops are something that we can do on our own. They're actually facilitated by the performing department at Penn. So they give us a space okay. reservation. They give us some instruction beforehand, and then we go from there. So it's it's very low maintenance. Um, but yeah, we would like to do some combination of the two moving forward. Yeah. Well, we'll be taking another short break. Stick with us. And on the other side, we'll be talking more about things that maybe even the broader acapella community and the community at large can do that might be helpful as these groups try and return back to some something that resembles our previous times. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We at Acaville Radio are a social bunch. We like to perform and we like to be heard. If you want to hear from us, good news. We tweet, we Facebook, we Insta, all at Acaville Radio. Follow us and be kept up to date on all the latest in what we're playing, Aca News, and the groups we're interviewing. Or let us know what you're up to. We love hearing from you. We know you've got things to say. Don't be shy. Reach out and touch someone, namely Acaville Radio, on all major platforms at Acaville Radio. And we are back, and we've been having a really fantastic conversation that will continue with Arin Martinez, who is from UCLA Pitch Please, John Bologna from University of Buffalo's Buffalo Chips, Emily Pulford from the Rolling Tones from King's College London, and Evan Bean from the University of Pennsylvania's Pensions. Here again is Aaron. 
Thanks, Rachel. Emily, I wonder for you, as you kind of enter the new year and have made it through hopefully the wilderness and are now into a, a better place as we all hopefully are. Are there things that you have learned through this process that you feel like will help the group moving forward in more normal times? Are there strategies or ideas or projects or approaches that you kind of gained through this difficult period? Definitely, 1000%. A lot of it is with our members, if people come to you with problems that they're having and things like that is listening to them and just being like look your well-being is on top of the tones whatever we're doing we want you to be happy at the end of the day because what's the point in being in an acapella group if you're not having a great time and no matter how passionate you are about the things that you're doing within the tones the well-being of all the members is the utmost priority another thing is keeping up relationships with people that you meet i think is really important is so after a gig pre-COVID times, we might have met people and been like, hi, and then that's sort of it. And you don't see them again unless you do a gig together again or anything like that. And I think with everything being virtual, it's so much easier to stay in contact with people. And that's something that I want to continue doing next year and really keeping those that network of all the people in your community strong. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it seems like it's already starting to bear longer term fruit with some of the activities and events and things that are kind of all around the community that you've already, you know, started to have happen. Definitely. We've got a couple of collabs in the works currently, which I'm nice. super excited about. Then we've also got our first gig back, which is called Guess Who's Bagapella. <laughs> I didn't come up with it, but we are collaborating with another Kings group, which actually started during the pandemic called Cadence. And so this is their first gig ever their daily wow. gig so that's super exciting this is in the next couple of weeks already these this network is really coming into play and everyone's getting a lot more opportunities because of it Oren, how about for you are, are there silver linings around this 18 month cloud are there things that you can kind of you know take forward from this experience that will help the group longer term yeah definitely i think knowing that for us the challenge was how do we operate as a group both musically and both socially and i think one of the ways that we kind of did that is kind of combine the two and really gave our members a voice in all of our content creation for the year so things like when we were planning our set for this year or even having people involved with like what they wanted to see like voting on the songs coming up with songs kind of coming up with the set we just had a vote on what album title we wanted things like that i think just really thinking about what our members can bring and what kind of people they are and what kind of activities we can do that would really that would showcase that you know like i said with the virtual retreat with like someone's really good at baking you know one of our newbies was from the past year is like an incredible artist so we were like hey why don't you help us create like promotional material like album art things Things like that. So just kind of being like, hey, we hear you. We know what, like, you can bring something to the table and then just like moving forward that way. Also, you can definitely teach acapella stuff virtually, <laughs> even though you're all not together. And that was one of the really cool things I did this past summer was me and I usually arrange with one other person, me and my co-arranger, we held an arranging workshop series for all of our newbies to oh, cool. kind of bring them acclimate, like get them acclimated to acapella as a whole and also what we do as a group and just so they're prepared 
when they I'll be graduating at the end of this coming year. So finding successors. Do you think you've sparked some arranging interest in them? Any of them? Absolutely. Our members are so talented. Like you really don't know until they they're like, hey, I kind of just like played around with this and here, like, listen to it. I'm like, excuse me, I think you're going to be better than me. So <laughs> there's just so much talent from and so much passion and so much love for music. And I just really loved seeing that from them throughout the summer. And, you know, when you can't go out, you have a lot more time to work on it, which is a nice plus, yeah, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. So there you that's something. Evan, how about in your neck of the woods? Are there things that the group has taken on as adaptations over the last 18 months that you think might continue or that might prove helpful? Yeah. So it's a weird question because before the pandemic, the group had really been starting to have some really terrific marketing consistently. And then at the start of the pandemic, it was really great. And then it kind of lulled for a bit. And then towards like the summer, it was fantastic again. So I think we've learned specifically how we can market ourselves best and what does and does not work in multiple different settings now. So that's been helpful. Aside from that, I think there's a lot more personal responsibility on part learning when it came to recording this past year. And hopefully my guys will can keep that personal responsibility going into this coming year. But those are the two main things that come to mind, though. Were there, I mean, as you're honing the marketing strategies, any key takeaways? What what seems to work well for you? Yes. When it comes to, like, music releases, I've learned that there are album curators on Spotify and such. Well, I guess, sorry, playlist curators on, on Spotify and other platforms that you can just, like, email. And you can just say, like, hey, can you please put this on your playlist and they sometimes do it they often don't but on occasion they do it and that helps a lot beyond that we decided we want to make our social media a lot more personal now uh -huh. and past it was all about like brand image because we just started this clothing sponsorship with our jackets we were redefining our brand all that stuff for a multi-year period of time and it was all about but now that our brand is really solidified on campus and then all of our promotional materials we've decided to bring it back to the individuals and make us a more approachable group so into auditions a lot of our instagram stories were just videos of the guys getting ready for auditions so you know we had like video of a guy brushing his teeth putting on his jacket everything like that silly stuff that just made us a bit more human and I, i'd say that that's a really helpful thing to have a some kind of dichotomy between serious like hardcore promotion and then also a human aspect. And it's nice to encourage dental hygiene amongst your auditionees. So that's good too. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's working with our, our new members already. Excellent. Perfect. John, how about for you in Buffalo? Uh, anything from the last year and a half that is carrying forward and you think will carry forward back into more normal times? The one thing that is a major, major takeaway for me is communicate, communicate, and also communicate. There was just, I don't know if it was a recent thing, but there, there was just recently there's this sort of idea that like the e-board makes all of the decisions and like you know, they're the ones in charge. We vote them in place, so they run the group. And I hate that mentality. I think it's so much better for everyone who's involved. If obviously I do my job as music director, but like my PR director will come up to me saying that he needs help making marketing material and I'm happy to help out. And then sure. we have other members of the group that one of our members, he's a senior architecture major and he's an incredible artist. So in addition to having him design the masks that we wore in our video for semifinals, we've commissioned him to design a little donation box that make it like super cute so that we could bring that along with us wherever we go. But it's really just about like opening the floor up to everybody because there are 
you know, in our case, there are 18 people in a room. That's 18 heads to bounce ideas off of. And yeah, there may be four or five people who are kind of just making the final decision. But if I were to summarize it, I'd say that you need to be making decisions and building your group in a Mm -hmm. way that not just four people are proud of it so that everyone can look back on the semester they've had or the experience they've had and say, wow, we really did something here. I'm proud of this. I had a lot of And as Arin was talking about, you know, the kind of increased democratization of decision making, it sounds like. And it sounds like, John, that's what you're kind of getting at as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There have been discussions that when I was a noob and I wasn't on board or anything yet, these were kind of just decisions that would happen. And we're being told, like, okay, we're doing this. And now I'll walk into rehearsal, like, hey, do you guys want to do this? Like, before we even sort of floor it, because a lot of times it's not as simple as just whittling, whittling it down to the keyboard. Because gigs, you need bodies there. You need people to show right. up. You need people knowing their parts, obviously. And you need people who are willing to potentially wake up at like 7 a.m., and show up to a gig in Buffalo, where it is always cold, in just a t-shirt and jeans, that's it. So it's a lot about communicating with everyone so you can get a sense of motivation from each other. I like to say that we only want to lift each other up. No one wants to be dragging anyone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evan, what do you feel like are going to be the, I mean, you've talked about the workshops, obviously, that are on the way. What are the other kind of cornerstones of your year ahead at this point? What are you thinking about given this transition year? The biggest you know, milestone that we have looking forward right now is our fall show mm-hmm. with our sister group, the Quaker Notes. We have this longstanding tradition of doing a collaboration show with them where we perform for the first bit they perform a bit we have an intermission we go they go and then we have this huge collaboration song at the end where it's 30 ish 40 people on stage singing a song and it's great so we're very much looking forward to that but it's more about how we approach that concert because in years past specifically three to four years ago and and beyond we used to have these crazy video promos for the uh, each concert that we did you know like skits and i want to bring those back um i'm going to bring those back excellent Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun hopefully with a bit tamer comedy than they've been in the past because I've had to put them on the unlisted side of our YouTube uh, a few <laughs> occasions. <laughs> so, so I can still enjoy them, but no one else can. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing those back. And as a whole, just trying to see how much we can do in this semester to set precedent for years moving forward. Awesome. Oren, you talked about sort of the recording benefits that came out of the ICCA process last year. And I wonder, in addition to the recording, what else is ahead for, for Pitch Plays? What, are you going to throw yourselves back into the competition cycle again this year? Or what's what's the plan? We will definitely try. We talked about set planning and everything with all of our members. Everyone seems super excited to finally start competing again, especially since for our newbies from last year, they didn't actually have an in-person competition experience. And I feel like a lot of us older members always have like those stories of being able to perform together and compete together and all of the fun stuff that 
that comes out of that. ICCA has announced that they are having like an in-person competition, granted that everybody's vaccinated. So cross our fingers and hope that will still be the case. Um, yes, exactly. We are definitely still creating content and um, creating music for like competition. But if that doesn't happen, we'll still have the music, you know? We'll still be right. able to like perform it, release it, all of that good stuff. Everybody's super excited to like get to know each other. We talked about one of the things that is like currently right on my mind right now is auditions and callbacks because that will yeah. literally start happening next week. So talking to everybody about like, hey, like we're gonna, like you guys are gonna be on the other side of like things now. And for people who didn't even have like an in-person audition, like, right. hey, we're really gonna do this. So as far as I know, it's just excitement all around from everybody. How do you acclimate folks who didn't do an in-person audition themselves to being on the other side of the table for an in-person audition? Yeah, so it's just a matter of explaining, I guess. Just some storytelling and just some, hey, this is what we did. We have all of our old like files, all of our old documentation from that past year. So I'll just um, to show them, hey, this is like some of the things that we did. This is our note taking. I actually still have one thing we do for in-person audition auditions is I record the audition so I have oh, wow. like a full audio recording of the people who audition for us and it's still on my phone because I still huh. like to embarrass all of the people that we got <laughs> this year like hey I still have your audition tape you know Excellent. <laughs> but yeah I still have all of those old files like they can literally hear me be like hi welcome to pitch please auditions we're gonna have you do some scales they can hear the full thing it's the resources are there <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's a simulcast of the past in that way. That's awesome. Exactly. Uh, Emily, how about for you? What's the plan ahead, knowing that you are carving out a little more time and energy for well-being and kind of focus on the person in addition to the singer and group member? What does that mean for the, the plan for the year? So we're changing our rehearsal sort of the way they work. So at the end of each rehearsal, we're going to have 30 minutes of just group discussion time, nice. whether that's the whole 30 minutes is used or it's not either way we it's there so people can talk and bring up anything they want so say if we've got some gig requests i can go hey we've got this gig this gig this gig mm -hmm. are you going to be overwhelmed by that or do you think that's something that we want to do then also what's going on do you have anything that you want to tell us do you have any ideas for maybe like a tiktok or something like that just giving the space for a conversation to happen i think that's a really important thing that we want to do we also want to have not necessarily socials, but maybe like people. I, I wasn't. I was going to say going to the pub, but I realized that um, <laughs> you can't do that over America of orange. But that's well, a good yeah, strategy so, for you, for sure. That's great. <laughs> yeah, just people hanging out after rehearsals a bit, a bit more because what happened was happening a lot is like. We'd have a three-hour rehearsal. Everyone was exhausted. It finished at nine o'clock. Everyone just wanted to get home. So we've kind of shortened that down a bit with the introduction of the conversation. And therefore, we're thinking we can have a bit more just social time after a rehearsal. Yeah. And therefore, everyone will get to know each other better. We're also bringing in a retreat, which we haven't done before. So awesome. um we're very excited about that just to get every because we've always found when we've done like tours and things like that everyone's suddenly super bonded afterwards and we're like why that always happens at the end of the year and then everyone leaves forced at the beginning of the year <laughs> that's excellent and you talked about earlier kind of putting for example competition on hold during this last year to to focus on other things are you, you thinking that you might dip your toe back in that direction or will it be sort of a longer term reintroduction process for some of that 
Almost definitely. Yeah, everyone I've talked to um, who's staying on in tones is very, very eager to do a competition. We all love it. We do. It was just not the time for us at the t- last year, but we absolutely love love it and all the music that comes out of it. Because that's like the main community aspect of the UK acapella scene is everyone gets together at ICCAs. So that's something that we're very excited about. But when we get on newbies, if they're like actually the idea of competition scares me way too much. I don't want that stress. Then we will revisit that and be like, well, maybe that's not for us again this year. Maybe we'll push it off till a different year or maybe we won't do it anymore. But it's a group decision. Tones led tones. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, with everything you all have going on, we're so grateful that you took some time to spend with us and to share some of your experiences about how you're you're approaching this new year. So thank you so much to John Bologna from the University of Buffalo Buffalo Chips, Emily Pulford from the Rolling Tones from King's College London, Evan Bean from the Penn Pensions, and Arin Martinez from UCLA Pitch Please. And stay tuned next week where we're going to be talking about competitions and when you decide to compete and when you don't decide to compete in this new era. 